Have a seat. What's a, uh, what a great start already this morning. And uh, if you don't know me, my name's Dean. I'm one of the pastors here, and, and great to, to talk with you today. Uh, I, was, I was away. I was here last Sunday. I just arrived kind of the day before I'd been uh, up in New York. So I was away for about a, a week and a half, 10 days up in New York doing some study that I'm doing there um, for, for ministry. And so I have to go a few times. This is my third Third trip there. I have to go four times for kind of these eight-day uh, classes, and uh, and this was my third. So I have one more coming in January. Um, but I, I, it's a great program, and and, and it's uh, it kind of has a focus around kind of uh, leadership and leadership development, and that's what this last class was particularly on, kind of developing other leaders. And I love it. It's a great class. And, and, and so you kind of, you're in class all day, but you know, you have your evenings, do some fun things. I had a great time while, while I was there. Got to catch up with my parents. My uh, mom and dad drove over uh, to, to visit me. Uh, so I'll say, hi, hi, mom. Uh, she's watching at home on the podcast. It's, uh, it's one of those things. Says, hi, mom. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give my mom a clap. She'll love that. She'll love that. It's, uh, you might not notice it. Basically, the only reason we podcast stuff is for my mom to watch it. So, um, but it's kind of convenient as well because people, are, oh, where do you do, Mister? I'm like, well, we're True North, we're in Perth, but we have a global impact. We've got this kind of international reach. We got people all around the world watching online, and so you know, it's pretty cool. A lot of far and wide. <laughs> But uh, it was great. We, we caught up and we had a great time. We, we hung out and, and had a lot of fun with my parents. And, uh, but one of the things about this class that's always interesting is, uh, you know, you go and, and you, you read. You have to do a lot of reading. So I was doing all this reading in the lead up on leadership development, reading all these books in, in the lead up to the class. And by lead up, I mean the flight over to class. And <laughs> hopefully my professors aren't also watching. But uh, you, you read all these books, and you read about organizational leadership. You know, some of them are business books. Some of them are, you know, it's just strictly kind of spiritual leadership. And, and some of them are kind of church context and what all that looks like. And, and you're reading all these books and thinking, like, man, there's so much to learn and, and to grow. And you're in class, and we have these incredible professors and different people over different days teaching things and Skype calls with, you know, incredible kind of Christian leaders and things like that. And I always have this common experience when I'm at this class that I'm kind of reading these things or thinking these things and, and, and learning things, and I find myself just wanting to write emails and texts back to, you know, our, our, our staff team here, our elders, the church as a whole, and I always just want to write, a, a, like, a message that says, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And, and I don't write that because I'm afraid people think I'm having a breakdown. And, um, but the experience is a little something like this, and I think maybe you can relate to it. You know, it's like reading and looking and thinking about, you know, and looking at other leaders and just thinking, man, I wish I was better. Sometimes looking and thinking, I wish I knew five years ago what I know now. I wish I, wish I had known that at the time. You know, or I wish, why am I not who I thought? Why have I not figured some of these things out by now? Why am I not some version of why am I not better? And I think all of us experience that in different ways. And as, as, as followers of Christ, no doubt there's times that we just feel like, you know what? I, I thought I'd have this habit kick, this pattern kick, this behavior kick, this attitude kick. I thought I'd have this relationship repaired. I thought I'd have, I thought I'd be better by now. And what I want to talk a bit about today uh, is what something I hope will encourage you. That if you can relate to me, 
You know, some of you I know, you're like, I, I couldn't be any better. You know, so that's fine. <laughs> if that's you, that's you, you can head home. <laughs> so you're good. We got some fingers pointing around the place. <laughs> but, um, but if you've ever felt that, then today I, I, I hope this message will actually just be an encouragement to you. Because what we're looking at today is, uh, is this parable. And, and these Jesus stories, uh, you know, Jesus parables, just such incredible teachings. And when, most of the time when Jesus is going to tell a parable or a story about what life is like and what God is like, he's doing it because we often think about things one way. And Jesus is going to kind of flip it on his head and say, I know you've always thought about life like this, faith like this, God like this. But let me tell you a little story about how it actually works. And he's going to tell this great story today. It's, it's called the parable of the mustard seed about how the kingdom of God works. We just were singing a song about God's kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom, just so we kind of start, it's wherever God's will is carried out. You know, if you think about a, a kingdom, how big a certain kingdom is, it's, it's wherever that king's word goes. And so the kingdom of God is just about, you know, when we step into the kingdom of God, when we say, Jesus, I believe you are king, and I want you not just to be, I know you're not just king of the world, but actually, Jesus, you're my king. Then we step into his kingdom, and we now get to live as, as part of his kingdom. And, and so this passage is going to tell us a little bit about how the kingdom works, about how God works, about how life and faith works. So we're going to read this. Uh, it comes from Luke chapter 13. And in fact, we're going to read it together. It's a kind of a short passage. There's these two verses, two more. So I thought, let's, let's just read this together, out loud. Verse 18, then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like the yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it works all through the earth. I love these passages. We're going to talk about the seed and the tree today. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, and I want you to ask him this question. Are you about that seed, or are you about that tree? All right, go. You about that seed, you about that tree. Ask, ask the other neighbor. Now turn back to him and just say, just say, I'm about it, about it. I'm about it, about it. <laughs> like, what does that mean? I don't even know. So <laughs> I have no idea. But we're about it today. We're about it, about it. All right. It's the seed and the tree. This is what we're going to look at today. And I love, I love this passage because we often think... Uh, That the kingdom of God and God works one way, and Jesus is going to tell us actually he works a whole different way. And the reality is most of the time in life, we are people who are about that tree. We want the tree. When Jesus spoke to his first kind of listeners here, hears, 
these were the, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and they were living in a time when they were captive to the whole Roman Empire. They kind of under their thumb. And they were waiting for the kingdom of God. They were waiting. And here's what they pictured, though. Here's how they thought it was going to work. They thought one day uh, a Savior is going to come. They called him Messiah. This kind of Savior is going to come. And what they're going to do is there's going to be kind of one great, glorious, kind of sweeping motion. They're going to overthrow the Romans. And they're going to restore uh, the, the nation of Israel. And in their minds, this was going to be the coming of the kingdom of God. When God would overthrow the empire of the day and just establish things, they're like, it'll be back the way it was meant to be. And so they kind of lived looking forward towards this moment when they thought in one grand sweeping motion, God would just, boom, the kingdom will come. It's why some of Jesus' followers would say things to him like, you know, are you now going to restore the kingdom? To Israel. It's why on Palm Sunday, Jesus is riding a donkey and marching, and they're all going, You know, this is the king, you know, hail the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They thought he was going to overthrow the Romans and establish the kingdom of God right then, right there. That's what they were expecting. And sometimes we sort of expect God in our lives, like, God, we want to see you just boom right now. Move, act, get it done. But Jesus says, You know what the kingdom of God is like? So these people, they're all looking forward. This is what we want, this great, sweeping, grand, overturning, overthrowing moment. And Jesus says to him, you know what the kingdom of God is like? He says, what shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in the ground in his garden. And that little, tiny mustard seed started to grow and grow and grow. And ultimately becomes this tree. This, this giant kind of tree, this maybe 10 foot, maybe 12 foot, it, you know, whatever that tree looked like, it, his point is this contrast between the, the way the kingdom works. You want this big, giant, sweeping moment. He says, no, no, no. It's like this mustard seed. And the mustard seed in their day was sort of their kind of word, their picture for tiny, smallest of all seeds. Like not, not that it necessarily, they, oh, we thought it was the smallest and there's other small seeds. The point was they believed that when they would think of well, how do you sort of talk about the thing, the smallest and most insignificant, Jesus is like, it's like a mustard seed. He says the kingdom is like that mustard seed. So tiny. You could almost miss it if you weren't looking closely enough. But it's like it gets taken and it gets planted in the ground. And the way the kingdom works is it's like you, you plant it there. And, and it doesn't just drop out of the sky full grown, but it grows slowly, slowly, slowly. I mean, Jesus is speaking to these people. They're expecting when the Messiah comes, he'll boom, one big motion. And when the kingdom actually came, when the Savior actually came, he doesn't come as this just conquering king. He comes as a little tiny baby in a manger. The kingdom starts small. This is, what we, this is what we learn. This is what this passage wants to help us wrap our minds around. The way that God works, the way of the kingdom, is that the kingdom starts small and grows large. Can I tell you something? It will change the way you start to think about God and experience your life and your sometimes, whether it's frustrations or not, if we actually just wrap our minds around this reality, that the kingdom of God starts small and grows large. It doesn't come to us just boom. It comes to us in the small things. You know, when I was, um, I was about 30 years old, and I know because I had a friend who was the same age. It was his 30th birthday. And he got, he, for his 30th birthday, his, his wife gave him an avocado tree. 
an avocado tree. I found out she's giving this to him, and I was like, are you kidding me? It's possible to have your own avocado tree? I didn't even know avocados came from trees. Like, I thought, I thought somebody made them somewhere, you know? I'm like, the woolies, you know? No, you can have, like, a tree in your yard that will just give you avocados? Like, you won't, it's not four bucks each. It's just all the avocados you could want? Now, I love, how many people love some avocados? You know, I'm bad about it when it comes to avocados. When it comes to some guacamole, who loves you some guacamole? You know, come on. So when my friend said I could, he could have a tree with avocados, I was like, this is amazing. I've got to get one of these trees. And he said, but you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's a baby tree. And he said, it's going to take about five years till it starts to, you know, bear fruit, till avocados grow. I was like, oh, really? Five years? What good does that do me? I don't... I don't want avocados to have a decade from now. I don't, you know, I don't want guacamole in my mid-30s. I want it this weekend, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, what good is it? You know, and it, here's the thing. This is the, the, way, of, the way of our world, the, the kingdom of man, and the, and, the, and the way that we live, and, and our typical approach to life is like, we don't want it. We want it now. I want my life to bear fruit now. I want to enjoy the, the good things that are now. I want, you know, we, we want stuff now. But the kingdom of God, God doesn't make factories. God makes trees. God makes seeds. And this passage reminds us this is how God works. It starts small. But, oh, boy, it grows large. This week I was thinking, I was like, when I thought about that avocado tree, and I thought that was eight years ago. What do you do with that? You know, I was like, I should have been standing here going, and I planted that tree, and I have had three years of avocados in season, and all that, but it's not meant to be. But let me tell you something. Don't be five years from now wishing you'd responded to something God wanted to start in your life. Amen? Yeah. Come on. I love this passage for that reason. Because you know what that encourages? You know, whether if there's something in your life and you just think, I wish I was better. I wish I was farther. I wish I, wish I had that. Can I tell you something? This is the, the thing about this seed, about this seed, the seed of a mustard tree. Do you know how much power is packed into that tiny seed? I mean, you ever look at any tree as you drive along? And just think about the fact, every tree you look at and all its grandeur, it started tiny. There's so much power in a seed. Can I tell you something? When we actually respond to the word of God, when we actually hear this, this word that, that actually we, you know, Jesus is king, you know, that we saw this great moment of that uh, elicited today and saying, you know what, I believe this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be king. When we do that, guess what? God puts his seed, the spirit of God comes into our life and it is his even more powerful than that tiny little mustard seed. And once that spirit comes in, guess what? No matter how much you wonder sometimes, no matter how much we wonder, am I getting better? Am I getting anywhere? The spirit of God, when it's inside you, it just, it's doing its thing. 
When that seed was buried beneath the dirt and you couldn't even see it anymore and, and you probably could have walked out if you're that farmer and you're looking at the ground going, is anything happening there? Guess what? Under the ground where you can't even see it is growing. Yeah. It starts small and it gets large. And, and you wonder, is anything happening? Is anything happening? The way the Spirit of God works is you can't always see it. But let me tell you something. It's unstoppable in our lives. You know, I love the, the picture of the, the flower. And here's this woman, and she's making all this dough and drops, you know, 60 pounds of dough, it talks about. That's a lot of dough. Is that not a lot of dough? That's a lot of dough. You don't even need to know the difference between kilos and pounds to know that's a lot of dough. And in the midst of that giant amount of dough, how much yeast does it take? Just the tiniest bit. Drop in a pinch. But it has this way of working its, its way all that yeast. is just going to work its way through all that dough, even a tiny little bit. You put it in that batch of flour. You put it in that batch of dough. And there is no part of it that will end up untouched by it. And that little bit of yeast will transform all that flour into a beautiful loaf of bread. You know, we can't, and, and you can't even see that yeast at some point. But once that yeast starts doing its thing, there's no going back. Imagine trying to take that 60 pounds of flour dough and now try and get the yeast out of it. You can't. Imagine trying to take that tree and get it back down in that seed. You can't. It just, once it starts to grow, once it starts to do its thing, it's unstoppable. And I want to just encourage you, if you're somebody who thinks, you know, I wish I was further. I wish I was farther. This is how God works in your life. And no matter what, as you continue to submit to Jesus as your king and as your Lord, the power, you may wish it was going faster. You may wish that things were changing quicker, but let me tell you something. He is at work in you, and his, the growth that he's bringing is going to be unstoppable. You can't always even see the growth. You know, I have another tree. I have a tree in my front yard that uh, this one, uh, our neighborhood where we live, it's one of those, you know, new neighborhoods, and so there was no plants and no trees, and so when we moved in, we, we planted artificial grass, and we, you know, and it actually... The artificial grass actually took off surprisingly well. It was, it was still growing. You know, I was like, that's the great thing about artificial stuff. No waiting. And, uh, but we also planted a tree. I should correctly say our landscapers planted a tree. And uh, they put this tree in the front yard. And at the time, it was so small. And even today, you know, it's been four years. And sometimes I, I, I look at the front of our house. And I just look at that tree. And I'm like, why aren't you bigger? Why aren't you more tree-like? If you drive by my house, you go, is that bush what you're calling a tree? Like, that's what you'll think. And I'm like, why is this tree not bigger? Like, I thought, you know, I mean, it's been like three or four years now, wise. But, you know, it's like I can't even, I can't even kind of see that it's growing. But you know what? I guarantee you this. If I could find a picture of four years ago in that tree, no matter how much I, I day to day, I don't even see it happen. But I guarantee you if I saw that picture, I'd be like, wow, that tree's going better than I thought. I probably better go out and give that tree some encouragement. I better speak some, <laughs> some encouragement. I'm going to tell it this parable. I'm going to speak to it. And, but let me tell you, I just want to, uh, this, this message today, and I feel like there's, just, there's probably somebody who just needs to hear this. You just be encouraged. You may not see the growth in your own life. You may wish you were further along. You may think, why am I not a, a better tree, a bigger tree? Let me tell you something. You're growing. If you could see a snapshot of your soul four years ago, you'd probably be amazed. But we, we sometimes start to miss it. I love this passage because I think it just, 
it just encourages us. It reminds us this is actually how God works. In a world where we're much happier with just some artificial turf and get it done now, make it look good, this tells us the way of the kingdom are seeds that God plants in our lives that grow large over time, that can't be stopped. You know one of the reasons I love this passage as well? It's because it's speaking to the kingdom of God and how that works in your life and in mine and how we work as individuals. But you know what I love about it? Is it's also speaking of how the kingdom of God works just on planet earth, in the world. That the kingdom of God and his reign, his dominion, if you will, is unstoppable in this world. You know, when Jesus was beginning to, to tell his followers this parable, and this early kind of group of people following, when Jesus came, he literally, his message, when he would preach and speak and teach, he would preach the good news that the kingdom of God is here now. Jesus brought the kingdom. He, he was this seed that brought the kingdom into this world. And through his death and resurrection, all his teaching, he, he, he kick-started the kingdom. Started with just him. And then he had these 11 early followers, this kind of ragtag group of people who in the whole of planet Earth, I mean, they are nothing but a speck of yeast in a giant, giant mass of dough. And would have been so easy to think, where is this thing going? What's going to happen? These guys will not make it out of the first century. That's what should have happened. That's what by all rights would have happened. But the kingdom of God is unstoppable. And those 11 people became a couple hundred. The Spirit poured out at Pentecost, became a few thousand. And they started taking boats and traveling and going to Europe and going to North Africa and going here and there. And the kingdom of God and people responded and said, I want to make Jesus my king. And now here we are a couple thousand years later, instead of it getting snuffed out and stomped out, you're talking about a billion plus people in the world who say Jesus is king. Can I tell you something? Be encouraged by this. The kingdom of God is unstoppable. And you know why I think this is such a big deal? Because I think one of the one of the challenges we have, I think if Jesus were to come, and, and one of the things he'd probably want us to, to realize about this is his followers. If we're people here, if you're someone today who follows Jesus as king, I, I think one of the things he'd say is take heart in that reality. We live in a, a kind of day and age where there's a lot of fear all around us. There's a lot of fear in the media. There's a lot of fear mongering going on. There's a lot of people playing on fears, and they want to make us afraid of of people who are different from us and religions that are different. And people want to make us all oh, fearful of what's going to happen with this. You know, and we see it, you know, tragedies happening all around the world. You know, whether it's, whether it's in Syria, whether it's, you know, in, in Turkey, whether it's in Nice, whether it's, you know, what pick whichever one you want to call to mind. It's just like the last, you know, month. It's just, and the challenge, I think, is for many people, this becomes something that makes them fearful, afraid. Even in the Christian world, there's sometimes it almost seems like a fear of what happens if this government gets elected or that government gets elected or this politician or that politician. And there can be this fear and anxiousness. Can I tell you something? As followers of Christ, we should be the people who are most at peace in this world. We actually need to live that and model that because we have a reason to have peace. Now, our hearts should break. We should feel pain. We should shed tears because it's not how it's meant to be. But we should never be fearful. We should never be anxious. Because this passage reminds us that this plant, once it's been planted, it's unstoppable. 
And that growth, it, there is no group of people, nothing in this world that will tear it down. And as Josh was saying earlier, this kingdom that trades, you know, violence for peace and forgiveness for hate, all these things that are of God's kingdom, ultimately, it's going to grow to be the largest tree of all. And it will be a, such a tree and such a bush that birds come and perch in its branches and take refuge. We don't go through life fearful of what's going to happen. We already know this is how the kingdom works. And we may get frustrated and feel like, why is it not further? And I wish those things, I wish this wasn't wise now, but we, we also take heart and peace and go, but I know the kingdom power is at work. It may be below the dirt right now. It may not be as big as we want right now, but it is working and it is unstoppable. And we live with peace. Last night I was watching some of the Olympic recap. Who's enjoying the Olympics? Enjoying a bit of the Olympics? It's good. And I was watching uh, one of the swimming races. I can't remember which one it was, but it was the one. It was going to be Michael Phelps' last race, uh, who's, you know, won all these golds. And I'd already seen during the day that that race, his last race, was going to end in a three-way tie for silver. The, the Singaporean would get uh, gold. That swimmer was going to get the gold. And then three guys were going to tie for the silver medal. And I kind of heard it was about to come. No, this is Michael Phelps' last race. I thought, oh, I want to see this. I already knew how it ended, but I thought, I want to watch, you know, that last race and watched him race and got to the end. And sure enough, I made a quick bet with my wife who didn't know the answer yet. You know, I was kind of, <laughs> hey, hey, I bet you there'll be like a, what, some crazy three-way tie like that ever happened, you know, millisecond. So made the bet. She said, oh, 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 sorry. That's uh, she wouldn't be here still just thinking. So watch this race, and I was like, wow, you know, that, guess what? The whole time I was watching, was I sitting there going, is he going to do it? Is it going to be a three-way tie? Is he going to get silver? Is he going to get gold? No, I, was, I just kind of, I just watched and enjoyed watching this particular race. And this is what our lives, I think, to some degree, we, not that we sort of sit passively back and just look at the world, but that we go through our lives with this peace about us. That's why one of the fruits of the Spirit's work in life is peace. And when we kind of, when we live in that space, we bring peace into the world. And God's kingdom is made manifest in our lives. And, and we pray. We pray in our prayer. And the thing that we, we look towards and move towards and work towards and pray towards is simply to say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let it start with me. And let it spread through my family. Let it be true of our church, let it be true in our community. Let's just see it continuing to grow because the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and it gets planted in the ground, but it grows to become the biggest of all the trees and plants. It's like a little bit of yeast and it's only a little bit in there, but over time it works its way through all the dough and it transforms everything it touches. This is how Jesus says, this is how God works. This is what the kingdom's like. Imagine going through life, just knowing, no, no matter what we see kind of happening around us, no matter how long it feels like that dirt's just been sitting there. Imagine, no matter how much we look and think, I wish that tree was bigger right now. Imagine, you know, we just go, no, I actually just know. God's spirit's at work. Is it work in my life? Is it work in this world? Doesn't always work on my timetable. Doesn't always get it done as fast. I'd rather just kind of, Let's throw down some artificial grass here and be done with it. But God's spirit is at work. Brings life, brings growth. And this morning, I just want to, I guess, in so many ways, just my hope is that these words will bring encouragement into your life. 
that this week, when there's times or spaces that you want to say, I wish I was further than this. I wish I was better than this. I wish this had gotten farther along. Just know this. Take heart. If you acknowledge him as king, his spirit's in you, and it's at work in your life. And it's probably farther along than you even realize. You've probably come a lot farther than, than you even knew. Because when we acknowledge him as king, spirit comes into our life, and he begins to do his work. And we can take heart and know we have a power at work within us that's greater than anything in this world. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow with me and just, just in a moment of quiet, just, just bow your head and just close your eyes and maybe take just even a deep breath. Maybe for a moment, just let your mind rest on this idea that King Jesus is on his throne. And his work in your life and in this world is like a mustard seed that is growing and growing and growing. That his work in your life and in this world is like a little bit of yeast working its way through all the dough. And even when you can't see it, his kingdom is unstoppable. For a few moments, just kind of maybe breathe that in and drink that in, just that reality that this is how the kingdom works.